Hello everyone, uh, we are here with one of my good friends and uh, doing <laughs> doing another podcast for you. Uh, before we start, I wanted to tell you that I try my best to put uh, podcasts every now and then. My plan was every two weeks uh, on Mondays, but exam period couldn't like let me to do that. Uh, but I try to do that from now on because my exam is going to be done tomorrow. Congrats in advance. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> I hope it's going to be done tomorrow. You know, it's just uh, it's not done yet. It's public health, you know, it's not that big a deal, I guess. Uh, well, uh, before we start talking about anything, can you let us know who you are? Just introduce yourself. In- um, hi. <laughs> Good. What time is it? Good evening. I don't know when you're listening to this. Um, my name is Nkwachi, or just NK for short. I can't go through the hassle of teaching people how to pronounce the name again. <laughs> it's been, it's been it's a quite. Like, can you repeat it again? The full name or just the one I said no? No, just your full, full name. I want to know what's, <laughs> what's your full name. Full name, Nkwachi Kwerem. And then the... Don't try to say it. And then the easiest way, <laughs> Nkwachi. But it has proven not to be that easy, so just NK is fine. I want to say your name. Okay. Umkwachi. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Am I saying it right? Close enough. Okay. Yeah. Umkwa- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better. I'm going to get better. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let us know where you come from. Like, what do you do? I'm from Nigeria. Uh, I'm from the southeast, Abia State. And I live in the south-south, Port Harcourt. It's so weird saying, trying to say that correctly. Don't worry. Um... I am a medical student, third year, mm-hmm. more or less. How's that going? It's it's going okay. okay. <laughs> I still have a couple of exams to go. Exam period is almost over, and it's catching up with me. But hopefully, hopefully everything sorts itself out. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know anything about Nigeria. Okay. I want to know a little bit. And you more came about to me and as, I came as <laughs> and I came to you. What What do you mean? I came to you from Nigeria, man. Okay. Okay. Let, let me know. Let me know what is it like. Uh, what do I need to know? And what do you What do you want to know? I want to know how it is. Like, how is it to live in Nigeria? Um. <sighs> what is the, What is the situation of living there? Is it good? Is it like? Is it? Do Do you have a like a stable government or? No. No, we do not. Um. You know. We, we always talk about, like, country to country, everyone talks about how there is a discrepancy with um, class and, and wealth and all of that. I feel like Nigeria is one of those places where the differences are felt and very much apparent. Mm-hmm. So the, the rich are living good, the poor people are, are down there in it. But the only thing constant throughout all the classes, middle, upper middle, upper, lower, whatever you want to call it, is the hustle and bustle in the country. Because everyone is, it feels like everyone is fighting for their life on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But obviously not, uh, if you're on the youngest side, you're chilling to an extent, also depending on your parents' pockets. And most of us get the opportunity to travel abroad. Doesn't mean that we're rolling in money back home. Um, some people are here on scholarships. Some people are here because they just can't do it back home because it seems like it's getting worse. And we keep saying that things are going to get better. We've been saying things are going to get better for at least the last decade. And it keeps getting worse progressively, exponentially. Mm-hmm. 
And every time I look online, the one thing that just breaks my heart, every time I look online, I'm about to change money to pay rent and stuff. And I see, oh, Naira has dropped by 0.9% today. Tomorrow is dropped by 2% or some shit like that. And then you have to you have to get everything but the black oh yeah man it's frustrating <laughs> to be to be honest no, I, I don't want you to get to the frustration level. no no no, no. i don't i didn't need to but living in nigeria i feel if you have a if you can somehow get a stable job i don't think living in nigeria is that difficult you have a stable job stable income and most people get their houses from the ground up so there's we have apartments i guess which you pay per year, but most people go ahead to buy their own land and build their own houses from scratch. So for people who want to live abroad, as younger kids, we've had an idea of this is how I want my house to be. I want to have this whole plan. I'm going to buy this land. So you have to kind of readjust that. It's not a big thing, but kind of have to readjust that mentality because abroad, you know, everything, everything is built. Like, this. yeah, but we still have a lot of, even though we are overpopulated, we have uh, a lot of land to cover, I feel. And people like to capitalize and stuff like that. And I would very much like to build my own home from scratch. It's one of the things that still wants me to go back home. Because <laughs> that's something well, I really want to well, do. Why do you want to do it back home? We can do it here as well. I don't know that I want to build a house from scratch in Hungary. I mean, I'm talking about like uh, if Europe, I d- if, if you want to stay in Europe. I may stay in Europe. Um, if I do find something like that, then yeah, sure. Why not? I'd, I'd go back home for my family and to visit. I always said this. Um, if I didn't have the people that I did back home, the f- family and friends and all that, I wouldn't be yearning to go back. Like, mm-hmm. I love Nigerian food and everything. I love the culture that comes along with the country. And there's also some sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? There is a feeling of home you get when you can relate with other nigerians and share cultures and it's a melting pot and everything outside of the country and it's very nice but you don't get the same feeling as you would if you were back home mm-hmm. because it's just different the atmosphere is different the air isn't as clean but it's your air so you're like this is home <laughs> at the end of the day it feels like home it feels like home um it's sad that home feels like struggle but it feels like home i get it yeah but uh what is about the culture that you like just what is it that they just wants like it just drags you back there is it the like uh, i don't know closeness of people because i know probably nigerians are very close to each other very more like active and uh um the dancing and you know, i always imagine it like this the dancing the the fun part and they're just so free they always they don't have any like you know layers basically just who they are most of the time the nigerians i see most of the time like that they don't have any layers and they just uh just do what they want i feel like not in a bad way no no no, absolutely but i feel like we make an effort outside of the country especially to be that candid because we know that there are already negative stereotypes about us outside of the country so in in the country there's more of a mix of people there are shady people there are people who it's everywhere. There is no, it's not special to us, but we already have a certain um, aura around us that isn't the most positive out here. There's, the, there's nothing more demoralizing than introducing yourself to a white person 
and saying you're Nigerian and they get this look on their face and like, you've been through some shit, right? Some Nigerian has done something to you. So you feel like you're in a place where you have to present a... Good picture of you. Exactly, exactly. So it's like you're you're sticking up for a whole, whole 200-something million people back home. Because, you know, everyone has the whole... It's, it's something as simple as the Nigerian prince scams and stuff like that. There are people that very obviously do that. And by hook or by crook, by some relation, everybody knows someone that knows someone that knows someone that does something like that. But most of us <laughs> don't do stuff like that. I'm not I'm one of them, at least. So... uh there's the, there's that other pressure I feel. There's also the people that are like, I don't care what anyone else thinks about me. I'll just be me through and through. And I think it's something to admire, to be honest. But if we're talking what I like about the people as a whole, I don't know, man. It's just Nigeria. It's just... I don't know how to explain it. Because it's... There is, there is definitely a culture difference when you're talking with... Um, other people, non-Nigerians, even non-Nigerians that are Africans as well. There are certain things you can't express because, for example, we have like Pidgin English and that's something that we speak. I think Cameroonians speak as well, Ghanaians speak as well, but there's some variation every now and then. I don't know what other countries speak, so I'm not going to expose myself and say <laughs> what I don't know. <laughs> but there are certain things like that. For example, um, Pidgin English, I feel, is very important <laughs> because we live in a country with one too many languages we have three major languages then english and then everything else there are so many languages and then you come out of the country and most of the people you meet are not from the same place you're from so you're forced to speak english so when norwegians go off and do their own thing or the japanese go off and speak their own thing and everyone's trying to be secretive and you know community and all and then you see your fellow nigerian and it's english <laughs> like <laughs> no secret <laughs> what was the point no but the, to be honest uh, you guys have your own way of speaking English yes we do and it's not that easy to understand no, I mean uh, unless you're very like listening and you want to spy <laughs> on what you're saying I mean like that's possible but it's not that easy to understand uh, as, as, as long as I understand yeah yeah it's not that easy but um, what was this prince thing you said what what did you say prince you've never heard of the nigerian prince thing no no i mean i i've i've kind of <laughs> <laughs> i mean i kind of i kind of heard some stuff but i, I want you to tell what me. what have you heard uh. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you heard. i promise you cannot defend me if that's what you're worried about or anyone listening uh, just tell me okay <laughs> so um People who like to scam <laughs> other people out of money, especially the Nigerians, um, have decided to come up with the Nigerian prince persona. They're, I don't know what the story is anymore. I know I've been scammed once, though, which is kind of ironic. Um, but there are people who have come up with, uh, I'm a Nigerian prince. I, I lost all my money. Or I'm about to lose my inheritance and I need someone to hold my money for me. Some I don't know what the, the line is. Where does okay, where does this happen? Emails, literally. Like you just, just email, just email you and they're like yeah. email you get your email and some people are foolish enough to I was once <laughs> to send back sensitive information um to the person because the message that they send back looks that they sent originally looks legit. 
and then you're in trouble of losing um, either having your system being hacked into or losing money because there's something we call 419. It's, oof, how do you explain that properly? Um, 419. Is that, uh... <laughs> it's, the whole concept is, um, it's, I, I guess, pyramid schemes simplified, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. I give you money, you promise me double of that money. And then because you give me double of that money, I'm then I didn't feel like I can trust you enough to give you more money. And then by doing so, you keep doubling, I keep giving you, and then one day you just stop giving me back the money and then you've taken you've taken all that stuff. So mm-hmm. you build the trust to then rip it away from me and take all my money. Okay. That's that's the whole thing. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. So they just <laughs> these friends, they just give you money. They aren't princes. <laughs> they aren't they're not princes. <laughs> That's the point of it. So they come with the prince thing to make it seem like they're these uh, legitimized businessmen or these royals. And then you get socketed in and you're like, ah, oh, okay, this is this is some big guy that needs my help. He doesn't know you from anywhere. You didn't know him from anywhere. Why would you think he gives a fuck about you? And then you decide to help this royalty to get something back. It doesn't work in Nigerians anymore, obviously. I don't think it works. Oh, oh it works. People. It works. How how does that work? It works. How does so, how, where does this come from exactly? How sell your story whose well? idea is I this? have no idea whose idea it was, but then the thing is it's no longer just Nigerians that do it, obviously. Because it started with that and then because it was I guess popularized <laughs> by Nigerians, other people that would do it I mean not everyone does the same thing, but a lot of people that would do it, even if they're not Nigerians, can still come with the whole Nigerian prince thing. I haven't heard of the Nigerian prince thing in a while, but like I just mentioned that because that is like a big thing. I was watching a show a few years ago on an episode and then they mentioned that uh it was a comedy show and I think the episode someone was being was afraid of being catfished online. And you like something like that happened to him before that he was catfished by a Nigerian prince. It was an American show, and I was like, ah, okay. What 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 is the show? Blackish, office? blackish. Oh, blackish. Yeah. Because I I heard that in the office as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, all right. Um. Okay, so this is scamming, and uh, <laughs> people be cautious about this. If any Nigerian prince <laughs> email you. <laughs> It's not exclusive to Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you have a kingdom. Yes, me personally, absolutely. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no, I do not. <laughs> Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. So Nigeria has a kingdom. No, no, we do not. Well, well, kind of actually. So, in inside of our different um, tribes, there are different villages, and inside of the different villages, they have different rulers. I don't know. I think the system still works. To be honest, I'm not that connected to my roots for a plethora of reasons. But um, yeah, there are a lot of kings and queens, obviously, in the in the villages and in the tribes back home. So each each um, local government area and each village has their own leader and they're referred to as that, but they have different words for them in different places. But there is that kind of hierarchy right there. And then you have the 
the actual politics with the local governments, state governments, and federal governments, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, how how come you're here? How did you decide to come here? I was told about this place by a church friend of ours. She had her kids doing medicine in well, one of them was doing medicine in University of Seged. And they pitched the country to us. And I was already in uni back home, but it was a very unstable educational system. Or at least at the time, there was a strike that ran for six months at the time. So there wasn't school for a while. And then the school, and then it was another three-month strike. So we just used the opportunity to leave, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I heard about it from I never really wanted to go abroad, to be honest. I didn't have anything against it. I just wasn't up for, up for it. But um, opportunity came along and my mom decided, nope, we're not sleeping on this one. So, yeah. Interesting. So, like, you didn't want to come? I was indifferent. Indifferent. I was fine if I did. I was fine if I didn't. So, you just... But you wanted to study medicine? I did want to study medicine in the beginning. I have a rocky relationship with medicine as of right now. A lot of um, personal growth and realization of certain things. But... From the get-go, I did want to study medicine. It was my choice. But I had the the inspiration behind studying medicine wasn't helping people. Let's be honest, it wasn't helping people. <laughs> um, it was because my dad um, was an orthopedic surgeon while he was alive. And it was I admired him and it was something I wanted to do. Um, it wasn't until relatively recently, I want to say in the last five or so years, that I started thinking of other things. Just because I also realized that if <clears throat> if I didn't do medicine, the only other thing that would have been afforded to me would have been like engineering or um, architecture. Because I wasn't going to do law. That was I wasn't a, an art student in secondary school, so I wasn't going to do I wasn't going to do law. But uh, I, before we started this, you told me that uh, you kind of have to. Do medicine, either medicine, engineering, or law, or is it have to? No, no, no. What I, what I said was when we're back home, and I think if any Nigerian is listening to this, <laughs> they will agree with me. We're only um, presented with like the three big options, I guess, as career perspectives. Um, we're given medicine, we're given law and engineering. Like That's what's presented to us. So when you go to school, you by the time you get to, I guess, end of... If we use an American system, end of middle school, because <laughs> for us, middle school and high school is secondary school, six years for us. Um, by the time the same you, for us as well. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time you get to the middle of that, uh, you start to get a feel of the kind of subjects that you like and want to do moving forward. <clears throat> and then you get split into science and art student. Um, I think there's more diversity in with the subjects that each um, set of students do. But as of then, it was science, art, and there were there wasn't really any subjects that we did, apart from like maths and English and um, economics for some reason. There wasn't really any subject that we did that encroached upon themselves. So like an art student couldn't decide that they wanted to do arch- I'm sorry agriculture and then technical drawing. I don't think anyone did at least. Maybe someone did. I don't know. But they just they were just a, a very clear line between who was doing what and what. And then whoever did science would go on, in theory, to do engineering or medicine or nursing or whatever, what else is there? Architecture. And whoever did arts would go into law. Yeah. 
I don't know what else was presented to art students, honestly, but it was mostly law was like the logical logical thing to go into. Art. So they study art and they go to law? So art... How does that make sense? <laughs> art wasn't just um, like creative stuff. It was really creative stuff. It just... Art was basically not science. That was like the distinction that they made. So with science, you had biology, you had chemistry, you had physics, you had... Sorry, you had all that stuff. And then anything that wasn't that was classified as art. That's... that's. Oh, so anything besides science considered art. Exactly. That was the distinction that I made. So part of the art subjects included like agriculture, included... Actually, no, agriculture was for both, I think. Um, included government. Government was a subject. And after I left, they started to bring in civic education and a couple of other subjects here and there. Yeah. Uh, is this... Uh, do you know, is this the reason... Uh, like... Are they trying to produce more doctors and more engineers and more like lawyers or judges? Is it that's why they're like pushing the people like this way or that they don't give opportunity to these people to, you know, choose themselves or? I don't think I don't think there's necessarily a conscious effort to wanting to push the kids in one way. I think it's it's a thing of. Nigerians like to pride themselves, at least to a certain extent, um, except for a few changes that are happening here and there with our generation. But um, we like to pride themselves, we like to pride ourselves on prestige and the the value behind a name and a title. And that's what people mm. tend to, to reach for, that title, that name, that... Uh, that that's social like exactly status, exactly like there's a whether we like to admit it or not if two people come into a room here and someone says hi my name is mr this and the other person says hi my name is dr this you're gonna look at the doctor guy like oh okay that's a yeah, yeah. i guess i guess it's everywhere yes like, anywhere you go like my father always used to say that yeah just my father and my brother both of them <laughs> i think it just comes from the culture uh, especially like they're they're very much like you know emphasizing on the being a doctor or being an engineer uh they always used to say that okay you know you want to build a building all right build a building but when you're a doctor who built the building and your doctor name is before that building that building is worth way more than the logistic like a normal i don't know engineer would build, build that building i'm it kind of makes sense, but it's just a cultural thing, you know. They just they just grew up like this because you know. I, I guess uh, my country and your country is like kind of same in this in this manner yeah. because we haven't been very like um, stable in an economy, especially. And uh, uh, my family have been like uh, into business and stuff, and business was like always like you know inclining, declining, just. Just like, you know, this uh, high and downs, which that didn't have any stable, uh, you know, uh, stable time. And they kind of have this idea in their head that like medicine, especially has this stable income, stable like status. Everybody like uh, trying to like, uh, you know, respect you in some way. And uh, I, I guess, yeah, I guess this is this is just a cultural thing. I don't know if it's a thing in Europe or in America that people want to be. I mean, they are respected as well as uh, enough, I guess. But 
in my in my culture doctors are just praised like very very more than like they have to be you know <clears throat> so um yeah i guess uh, this is the way of like our country it's not like it's just everywhere uh, if you agree with me and um yeah but I, I i know you and you are a very artistic person yes i am uh and i love your work like you, you you have done my illustration <laughs> for my podcast <laughs> and uh it it's i just gave you uh, you know i just gave you the picture of my wardrobe and you just draw it and it, it just came out the ex exact same thing i had it in my mind how, how, how can you do that uh, okay so it's always i always feel kind of weird talking about uh my whole art thing just because i feel like it's unfair to an extent because there are people who have gone to school for this stuff and have grinded for years to do all that stuff and to produce the kind of things that i produce right now or better worse whatever depends on how you qualify art i guess the reason why I say I feel unfair is I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. So what? I, I, in secondary school, when we, so from, for the first three years of secondary school, when everyone did everything. Um, creative arts was one of our subjects. And as well as the music, I sucked at the theory of all those things. But the practical, that was good. Mm -hmm. practical, practical classes, one of my favorite practical classes was when we learned how to sketch. And the teacher was using my sketch to show other people what to do and whatnot. I was like, yes, yes. But um, it's just something that came naturally to me. I remember the first thing I ever drew or first memory I have of a drawing. It was in a Bible, which I should not have done. God, please forgive me. Um, and I drew a lion. This was just after I had seen Lion King. Um, I drew a lion and the nose was a triangle and a rectangle with two circles for the nostrils. I, <laughs> I would love to see that. Thank you. I wish I knew where it was. <laughs> I remember that drawing though. And the first time I did a lifelike drawing of anyone was in like 2006, I believe. It was of my primary school art teacher. I was really proud of that drawing because I was one of the first people to finish. It was one of, I was, she had to sit still for us. Nobody was taking pictures for you to snap. We're just there. We still used to use um, floppy disks for our assignments. Yeah. <laughs> so she stood still and that was my first like live drawing. And I, I was really proud of that. I don't know where any of these things are anymore. But yeah, it's just something that came naturally to me. And I never thought of it as a possible career prospect. It was just, I like drawing. I'm going to draw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I got into trouble for it a lot of times though. Why is that? Because... Uh, <laughs> Either I wasn't so for some reason in my primary school they made an uh, they made a big deal out of leaving the back of your book clean. What What do you mean, like your back of the book? Yes. So in your oh okay, hand me that book. Sure. I apologize if whoever's listening can't understand this illustration. That's too bad for you. You can't see us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is your ex exercise book, right? Mm -hmm. This portion. Had to be completely clean. Just the end page. Just the end page. Had to be clean. Obviously, you're not writing here because you're writing from front to back. Mm -hmm. But the very back 
of the of the page before the actual leaf what is the reason for that had to be clean i don't know um because we had to after a couple of weeks we had to give in our notes to our teachers to check that we had been copying notes in class to check that we had done our assignments and um classwork that we were given because that was part of our eventual grade that sounds weird to say um but one of the things they did was to check how tidy your book was so you would get less points if you canceled a lot in your notes mm -hmm. you would get less points if your handwriting was trash basically <laughs> and little things like that and you get minus points and probably disciplined if the back of your book looked untidy and mine was notoriously untidy because i was always drawing in them so <laughs> that as well as i used to draw a lot in my exam papers if i forgot what i was doing like forgot, forgot the answer to something and I was just like, you know what, let's just run down the clock. Or I had finished early and let's run down the clock. Or I was thinking, and I don't know, lost my train of thought, there would always be a doodle somewhere in my paper. But because I knew that was something you looked at because it would paint you as unserious, mm -hmm. I would always erase it before I handed in my work. I want I have a, uh, I have a question for you. Shoot. So I guess your drawing, your imagination mm -hmm. comes from your unconscious. Yes. Is that right? So you probably are unconscious when you're doing that. Is that... I'm, I'm not saying like you're just passed out. <laughs> like zoned like out. Right? <laughs> I'm like, you're not on your conscious self. That's why you do it on the paper. Because if you would be aware that this is an exam paper, you wouldn't draw it probably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're like not really... You know, you get what I mean? Yeah. All right. Is, is that true? Is that a thing? Kind of, I guess. I never really thought about it like that. But like even last last week I had an exam and I'd finished writing. It was an oral exam. I finished writing all my points. While I was waiting for the guy to go before me, I just started drawing proportions on a face and then draw someone with their shoulders up. Just quick sketches, just because. Does this get you in the zone? Have you heard of that? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. So especially at the beginning of this year, and it's happened uh, a couple of times over the years, but it's there is therapeutic for me when everything is going well you're blessed man thank you <laughs> i'm telling you because this thing being in the zone and something that you do and it's therapeutic it's just so many people don't have that even i, I don't have it and uh, i mean uh, there are some stuff that i really enjoy yeah but the way you describe it i, I don't think a ever experienced something like that before. there is also a downside to it because sometimes even with the things you enjoy like anything you get in your head and when i know that i'm really like down is when i'm drawing something and it's not going well and i don't feel the urge to push through and i'm just like okay i guess on to the next thing and maybe i just turn off my laptop and go sleep or something like that like it, it, it those, those times also exist but it's also weird because sometimes what gets me out of the rut is not even drawing specifically but just having an idea of what i want to do next mm -hmm. yeah so but uh what is this like you draw on a computer yes right? i do but uh which one is better for you? Which one you are better in? Is it? Um, is it, I don't know if that's a quest, proper question. Yeah, that is. But s <laughs> I can't paint traditionally. Mm -hmm. I could try, but I wouldn't go out of my way and say, "Ah, this is something that I can do." Um, I still, I feel like I still need to like properly study and understand color theory and how all that works in. Because in as much as um, we like to say that digital art is also as difficult as traditional, it is not, let's be honest with ourselves, it is kind of a cheat to an extent. 
it is grueling work it is hard but you can't for example there's there's something we call um the multiply what's it called filter basically right effect yeah one of those words and with the multiply layer i can use one color to do every single thing i need to do with my shading i don't need to specifically pick out colors when i first started drawing digitally i didn't know you could do this so i used to pick out all my colors individually and it was long and sometimes frustrating because you, you're not sure what layer you're on and what color you've chosen and, and you have to keep all that stuff in mind but with the multiply i can just do all my shading on just in just one fell swoop and i don't have to worry about that mm -hmm. if i was drawing in real life and i was coloring again i don't really color like that in with traditional drawing um, if i was doing that in real life i would have to pick individual colors for every single part of the drawing that i was doing and that is not easy oh, that's exhausting. exactly because you now have to mix and match everything and I, the other day i realized that i was just studying objects as i was walking on the road because something that nobody looks at maybe it's because i also follow a lot of digital artists on youtube and instagram and i start to look at the way light bounces off of stuff and how shadows work and the fact that when it's darker there is some extra blue that nobody ever sees or thinks about but if it's not there you're like something is off in this picture but you just don't know what's wrong mm -hmm. things like that do you uh imagine your illustration before doing it yes and i get pissed off when it doesn't look like what's in my head but how how, how can it not turn out as your imagination i mean you're doing it it's in your head mm -hmm. how doesn't how doesn't it turn out that way it just it's it's, it's your skills that just you don't necessarily imagine with your skills you usually imagine what you would like it to look like or the the what where you would like to be but when you're actually doing it then comes the so the way i draw um for example faces has changed over the years and to an extent you can argue that it has gotten better and you can argue that it has gotten worse just because of the technique that i use now but the way that i draw faces for example wouldn't fit with the overall drawing that i have in my mind so then i have to switch back to a method that i'm not used to so i have the final product in my head but because i can't use the method to get the final product in my head then that's where the clash happens mm -hmm. so what do you do sometimes tutorials sometimes trial and error sometimes i just change the quote-unquote camera angle in my head and just look at the character from a different perspective and then i go with that mm -hmm. instead of what i originally had in mind and then i keep that one close to my heart because i really wanted to look like that mm -hmm. yeah so as close as possible as close as possible mm -hmm. okay that uh that takes time, isn't it? That doesn't it? I yeah. mean, like, t to get to what the points that you actually want it to be. But um, what is it about this? Uh, what is about this that, like, gives you this zone? And do you know what I mean? Like, what is this about this art that you just... Because there's a lot of art. You could do anything else. Mm -hmm. You could just draw on a canvas or something like that. What is about this that you just keeps you going? I am my biggest critic. And I think... Is, that's the most cliche thing to say for someone who draws. But I'm a biggest critic and there are some things that I've only posted because a friend of mine like really gassed me over like, this looks nice, you should post this. Or it came out better than I thought it was. But I don't like, to, I like to look back at some of my old drawings, but at the same time I don't because every time I do, I see something that I wish I had done different or a mistake that no one else would notice. But once I point it out to you, you would not be able to unsee it. Mm -hmm. But um, like I said, biggest critic and I like to... What's the word I'm looking for? 
I like to make sure everything lines up. But even when it doesn't, sometimes I go back and I reflect on those things and I'm like, I did that, you know? There's some sort of uh, sense of accomplishment that comes with being able to to get the final image that you want. Or sometimes when I'm doubting my skill and I go back and look at stuff from like three years ago and I see that even from three years ago, I can still be like, okay, wow, this is, this is actually good. Mm-hmm. This is actually decent. This is something that I don't regret putting up, even if I did in the moment. So you're, you're saying that like this improvement gives you the motivation to just go on yes improvement does and also if sometimes it's the improvement sometimes it's being able to successfully implement uh, a, a new a new skill that i just learned from a video or there's a recent join that i did that's one of my favorite ones i've done in a while uh i asked for a request on snapchat and a friend of mine asked me to draw uh aliens in a creepy forest with mushrooms Okay. It was creepy slash trippy forest with mushrooms. Aliens with uh, mushrooms. In a forest. In a forest. Yeah. And I've never done anything like this because I mostly just do characters. I don't really do landscapes. And in some ways, I've struggled with backgrounds. I've found like cheats to get backgrounds that I like. And then I did this whole thing. I I took a video of my process and I posted it on Instagram as well. But I did this whole thing and I looked at the drawing after and I loved it. Just because I didn't think it was something I was going to be able to do. And because it was out of my comfort zone. Some things in there, like there were some trees in the forest that have been drawing trees for a while. I've done little comic strips here and there. But everything else just was new to me to an extent. It's not anything I was incapable of drawing. It's just nothing I've actually done. So I was really proud of how it came out. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so do you... How does this work? You are just doing it beside your study, right? Uh, like this drawing and this stuff. It's yeah. just a hobby that you do, or what is it? Are you, are you what? What's your plan about this? It started off as a hobby. It's always been a hobby, but it's starting to be something more, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here on out. So, if it's with the commissions, if it's stuff that I plan to do with myself, with my brother, some ideas that we have in the pipeline, I guess. Mm-hmm. If they materialize, perfect. If they don't, we can re-strategize and figure out what we want to do. But um, I I like drawing and I like for the drawings to be out there. Not necessarily because of the gratification. I mean, it, it come, there, there's, that, there's that as well, especially from people who have been following you for a while. There's some people who I'm not necessarily close with them. But they are literally, every time I post something, within the five minutes I post it, I get a notification from them. And I'm like, okay, so you're not just here because you know me or because you know someone that knows me. You're here because you actually like what I do or because or you're here because you're supporting. And to that, I appreciate these people. I'm not going to call anyone out by name because I will leave someone out. <laughs> but yeah, and there's also, there's also, so there's the gratification and there's the just wanting to share. Wanting to share your art. Yeah. Um what is that but what does that mean to you i don't know like um sharing your art with the word is that does that give you a good feeling or yes the reason that you want to share with people so the reason is i first of all there is no specific um what's the word i'm looking for there's no specific motivation or point behind 
a drawing. I don't want to call it a piece because I feel like that would be pretentious. Um, there is no specific anything to any of the drawings that I do. Most of them are just characters. And I did one recently of a guy with a phone that had a holographic projection. Just something I imagined. And I did that. And I'm sure somebody is going to come up with, uh, oh, this is what our future is going to look like. Look at this clothes. I'm like, okay, sure. I had none of that in mind. Mm-hmm. But there are some that are also weird, especially the comics. And I like to stir up conversations with some other people because I have very, very weird thoughts that I, if, I'm, if I can draw it, I will draw it. And I like the shock and horror from certain people. So there was a, <laughs> there was, I have an auntie that follows me as well, lover. She likes everything that I've done, even the one that I didn't expect her to. So there was a comic I did. Uh, a kid wrote a letter to Santa Claus um, to, that he wanted to see his mother again. Their mother had passed away a month before or something. I don't remember the timeline or if I even put the timeline. But he, he had lost his mom and his, he wanted his Christmas gift to be that he would see his mom again. Cut to Santa reads his message, gets an idea on how to make this boy see his mom comes to the house with his present down the chimney and the gift is a coffin. So Santa went to his mom's gravesite, dug up the coffin and then opened it up for the kid. And the mom plops to the ground. That was the gift. <laughs> oh, God. That was a comic. <laughs> and <Some> then... <laughs> and then my caption was, I tried, tried to do something dark, might delete later because everything else has been relatively tame and I didn't want to push the envelope at the time. And my auntie replied with, Okay, this is this is dark. And then that was it. No follow up, no anything. I'm like, okay, I guess you're okay with it as well. It was it, it is dark. Yes, it, yes it is. Isn't it? But <laughs> you want to ask how it came to my mind? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's so interesting. I'm so jealous, serious, seriously because sometimes I have ideas and I just I have this like thoughts and imaginations and I I always wish that like I could draw as well, but I can't. I'm like so <laughs> shitty in that, and I'm like, oh no, I'm not gonna draw anything. But uh, I guess the, what what can we do is that uh, is that just writing it. I guess writing is kind of like a uh, equivalent. I don't know if I can say that, but the equivalent of drawing to an extent, to an extent, because the the ability to write is not something that comes naturally to everyone no it doesn't yeah so even for me to be able to convey like there's there's some comics i've done that i i desperately want to take off my page but i'm like you know what just leave it there it's going to show your growth leave it there just leave it there but it's trash it is shit nobody likes it and i don't like it <laughs> but um i feel like it, it this the, the, to be able to convey certain things through a comic for example is also something that i don't take lightly it's something i'm happy that i'm able to do but sometimes, and I, I also like about myself that when I get the idea from somewhere, someone else, I will let you know straight up, this is not mine. This is not my idea. I am just putting pen to paper. And that's, that's my job in this whole drawing. Yeah, but still, like, man, this is, uh, this is a way of, like, letting go of the idea, just bringing it on the paper. And it gives life to it. Yes, it does. Especially, like, I'm, I'm, as I said, as writing, when you write something, it just it has more power. It has more feeling. It has just... Just a strong feeling. And uh, it's really similar. And I'm thinking about it. But drawing, it it could be very frustrating. Yes. It's, for me, at least, it's very frustrating. Because uh, 
as you said, every <laughs> color and every shade you just make a difference in the drawing and it takes time and energy and like you need to always like be focused on what color you used and what shade you used and because every color you use has to make sense in the environment you've put it in because every drawing even if it's not connected to anything or there's no specific inspiration behind it you have put it in a world mm -hmm. and your world has uh, an unsaid set of rules that your drawing kind of has to follow so if you have a character in your drawing with the lights and the shadows on the same side, that has to make sense. There has to be a light source for that kind of thing to happen. Because it happens in real life where you'd have, like on your face now, you have your lights on the left side of your face and then the darks on the right side. But if you have something bright, there'll be tiny highlights on the right side of your jawline and your ear and stuff like that. But this part will still remain dark. Mm -hmm. So there'll be light, dark lights. So the light source shining that extremely bright light on the dark side of your face has to make sense. But what I like about your stuff, it's not... I mean, it's realistic, but at the same time, it's not. It, that's what I like about it. Because I, I don't like it when it's too real. When some something... Some some drawings are too... I mean, those are nice as well. Like when they... Uh, when some people do portraits yeah. and all. It's nice, but... I, this stuff that you do is more imagination. You know, it's not like you're not copying something. You know what I mean? It's just like you have a you have this uh, ideas and thoughts, and you just bring it in the paper. That's what's beautiful about it. That's what I like about it, actually. Okay. Like, um, but uh, as you send me the illustration that you made for me, mm -hmm. you made it two colors. Yes. Like, I mean, two different versions. Mm -hmm. One of them was colorful, and one of them was completely black and white black and white yeah what was the idea what's the idea behind black and white and colorful so i did the color and i really like the color right you know, so much work went into the color <laughs> so many different colors <laughs> i was so proud so happy and then i decided to put a because um this year i first i made the unconscious decision eh, conscious ish to put two versions of every drawing that I've done so far. So I have the major one as the first picture and then once you swipe, the second picture is the black and white version of that picture. So I started to do a black and white version of the poster and it looked nice. And I'm like, okay, let me decide to highlight the characters in color and then the light source in color, which I did. So the light and the owls are colored. Everything else is black and white. Mm -hmm. And it looked nice. So like, I was just like, let me show you. I didn't know you were going to prefer that one. <laughs> I prefer that one. <laughs> That I showed you, and I was like, "So I should have just done this in grayscale from the beginning." It was amazing, man. I, oof. I, I remember that day you actually sent me that illustration. I was like, "Damn it, this, this is this whole idea. Everything I had in my energy just on the paper. I wish I could do that. It was, it was so nice." But um, I guess it was a different. Do you think the color that we? put on the paper and then this like illustrations it's just a coming the camp i mean i'm trying to make it philosophical i don't know go why. ahead go ahead go ahead but uh <laughs> i think it comes with the personality like oh, like the t the way you want to like color the things and the the tone of the color yeah actually the way because you like the colorful one and i like the black and white one and I, I don't know how, what does that actually show? 
I think it comes with um, personality plays a part in it, but I also think there is a certain aesthetic to that we gravitate towards depending on what it is. There are some things you would like in black and white. There's some things you wouldn't like in black and white. Mm -hmm. There's some things you'd like in black and white with a little bit of color. There's some things you wouldn't like. But uh, that we way. have something in the world black, which is black and white. We don't have anything black and white. Why do we need why do why do we do black and white illustration for example or like people posting picture black and white? I don't know. I guess it's just simple to look at. Easier to look at. It. Yeah, like it's, it's just not. Different. It's not. It's not very distracting, but it doesn't feel lazy at the same time. It's you're looking at um, values. You're not looking at any specific colors or anything. It's just I don't know. There's something nice about looking at something black and white. There is the oh, yeah. It depends on what you're looking at as black and white, though, because if it's just like a grayscale filter put on, it doesn't look that nice all the time. But if it's properly edited and you have the black and white feel, eh, I don't know. I mean, if you have this um, ability to see colors... Why would you not want to see yeah, colors? Yeah, why, do why don't you want to see colors? Why do you want to make it black and white? That's a very good question. That's a, that's a, that's a very good question. Maybe we want to sympathize with colorblind people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. Well, I don't, I don't think any of us... I was about to say the grass is always green on the other side, but that doesn't work here because I don't think any of us are like, you know what? I wish I could see colors. <laughs> no, it's just for a moment. <laughs> I don't think any of us doesn't want to see colors anymore. I don't know. There's Maybe there are people out there who don't like stuff in black and white because in as much as we like it, not every one of our pictures that we post are, are in black and white anyways. You know, uh, when I'm thinking about it, people, um, since Instagram came around... Of course. Uh, you said just, that with so much frustration. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a damn thing, man. I hate it so much. And I'm, I'm in it. Um, I'm, I'm in it for some reason. I know I, I, know I hate it. <laughs> but I'm still in it. It's just... Uh, I think I'm keeping it for the podcast. Um, most of the time and talking to people because um, it's a way of communication as well but since Instagram came around so many so many things changed so many uh, I mean it um, not Instagram like alone but the social media came around so, so many like take the, the way of pic taking pictures and uh, illustration before I, I don't think it was this illustration was it there was illustration in Twitter yeah, yeah, before, before, but uh, I mean, before social media was. Oh no, before, mm, before social media for. How long has it been around? F social media, like Instagram. No, no illustration. Illustration has been around since I don't know, man. It's been around for a long time. We're talking way back with Disney stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's okay. been around for a minute. Except then we just think about it like um, animation and stuff. It was more industrialized, so no more industrial, more commercial, I guess. But like more individual. Um, animations have become more popular sorry more individual illustrations have become more popular as the years have gone by and also like the, the quality of it changed yes so yes much. and there are so many programs you can use for procreate is one of them yeah. i wish i had procreate unfortunately i do not i'm still still managing take it i just you know uh i don't use them you can you can have it for sure um, but uh, since since social media came around, um, the way of taking pictures, like the way of illustrations, it just grows so much. 
you know yeah. this this application of the application for i don't know like um f- filters or like putting filters on the picture pretty much and uh all this stuff is, is a big deal now everybody like i don't know if you heard of visco yes yes i've heard of it i've heard of it and uh people use that i mean i use it (laughs) it's nice i mean it just makes the picture nicer yeah and i i I don't see that but i I don't i don't know why why do we need to make the picture nicer and more like give more contrast into it and like more you know more colorful and like do you want to see that in the real life as well but like i'll put it to you like this would you be able to sit through some of the old would you be able to sit through a movie like mortal kombat annihilation have you ever seen that movie yeah would you be able to sit through it right now probably not okay (laughs) so i think over the years we've just started getting used to things with better quality that we want our stuff to mimic that as well Mm -hmm. so you wouldn't want yours to look like it's from the early 2000s or 90s or whatever except that's exactly what you're going for so mm-hmm. and which is weird because I, I find that a lot of old trends are coming back whether it's style or haircuts or just vhs um video or picture yeah. effects they're coming yeah. back and it's the, a thing yeah the, there's the, a lot of this influence is actually using this old kind of cameras and it, it's, polaroids are yeah, the thing i really like it yeah <laughs> it's it's just it's so good it feels good yes I think the reason the old stuff is becoming popular again is because people have gotten fed up of the new stuff because the new stuff feels fake. It feels like you're trying to put up a face and it's like, let's go back to the simpler times. Yeah. Get me a Polaroid. Let's get a, yeah. let's get small pictures. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of like them more. It's just, it's you don't have nice to worry about it. You just take it and that's it. Yeah. It's just, it's just nicer. More real. Is that true? Yeah, it's, it's just nicer and more real. Well, I guess we need that more. We need that more. But, um, I mean, at the same time, Instagram is shitty. So it's, not a place to, it's not a place to uh, just do something nice. To, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's not that bad. Like, it's it's good. It has some good side. It has yes, some it downside does. as well. Like everything. Like like everything, exactly. The only like problem a, is with social media as a whole, the bad stuff is louder than, oh, than the good very stuff. Very louder. Yeah. Very louder. It changes it has it had changed everything for people for everyone people like i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure like um you know i i know a lot of people that uh dealing with anxiety and social social anxiety social um awkwardness and like depression and i'm pretty sure that this like a lot of it coming from this a lot of it coming from the social media easily yeah, it's just a lot of the, this advertisement, which is there. It tries to make you feel insecure, so you would go and, you know, buy those stuff to not feel insecure. Or you you lack, you know, you feel like you lack something, but you don't lack anything basically. But they just feel you. They just they just want to make you feel that you lack something, and. Uh, it's getting to weird places, to be honest. I just, uh, I just don't know, like, oh, where, where does it go? And uh, I don't know how, how did I get, a, get here, to be honest. I think <laughs> this is just come my, my frustration coming out, you know. It's just, one of the whole social media rants. Yeah, it's just my. I don't frustration blame you, to come, be honest. 
Yeah. The thing is that, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's going to be all right, I guess. It's going to be all right. Well, uh, I'm really happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank I, you I, for coming. I didn't want to remind you about the podcast thing because I didn't want to feel like I was, I was you know, in your face about it. But this this has been a bucket list thing of mine for a while just to, to be it. on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's amazing, man. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to bring you on for sure. Because um, the the literally the first, the thing is that when I I don't know like it, it happened with Chris as well. Uh, me and Chris saw each other in one of this like parties that we've been, and we start talking, and it's just that that connection was there. We just start talking, talk for like an hour or something like that, and it happened. Uh, between me and you as well like the first time I saw you and came to you and like uh, talk about illustration and stuff uh, the conversation was so like engaging that I felt like I need you on a podcast like it's just it's just nice to talk to people you know that I enjoy talking Thank and you. they have something interesting to share and they have done something with the life and uh, oh. yeah and I'm happy to have you here Thank seriously you. Um, do you have something to say to people and to me any suggestion um well thank you first of all for having me on i think that's the only thing i want to say <laughs> <laughs> i see you like you're shy right now like oh god what um, am i supposed to say no it's i do think i never know how i come off in recordings and stuff like this so I, I will be listening back to this obviously but i don't know how much i'll be cringing when i when i do <laughs> we'll see you know I, I don't listen to my podcast <laughs> why i don't even go back I, I don't i don't know it's just i don't i don't like to listen to myself it's record and post that's yeah, it yeah i just i, I just <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't listen back to it and, and i don't know i just send it to people and they send me back their opinion and i reflect on them you know i let i mean i don't send it to random people of i course. send it to those <laughs> people who i'm like i trust and and I know their opinion is worse considering. So I reflect on them. And uh, yeah, I guess that's enough. For now, I'm not I'm not willing to listen to my podcast. <laughs> it's just uh, not very pleasant. I don't know, for some reason. Uh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I think you're going to, doing a good job, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, talk to you soon.